You know, in the deal of a lifetime, I want to give you an illustration this morning. I thought about this. Uh, I like, I'm a wheeling, dealing type guy. I like uh, when I go into uh, uh, to purchase a car, to buy any big product, I enjoy that process. <laughs> but my wife does not. She, every vehicle that we've ever bought, she has not been in the room. Uh, one time we went to, to look at a car lot, and I thought, I'm going to, I think this one, do you like this one? Yes. She says, if, if, if you think that's a good one, that's fine. She's, I said, well, let's go talk to him. She goes, no, you take me home. <laughs> if you don't buy it, I'll come back and pick you up. But, uh, uh, or she says, I'll just go home, and if you don't buy it, I'll come back and pick you up. And uh, so I, I, like, uh, I like the process of... Um, Wheeling, and I know I'm a little odd, and but uh, I like uh, I like getting things as cheap as I can. I'm not cheap, but I just like getting a good deal. Uh, I'm a I'm a good deal waiting to happen, and uh, most car dealerships don't like me, uh, but uh, I I just think well, if you don't want to sell it to me, don't sell it to me. I'm not going to get offended, you know, and. Uh, I, this one time I, I bought a car in Louisville, Kentucky, and, and I was just in my early 20s, so I've been doing this a long time. So I was in my early 20s, and the guy, my sister was with me. She was just coming along, you know, my older sister, and the dude just cussed me out and everything and said, just sell the blankety-blank car to him. This was the manager, the owner, to the, and I went, thank you. You can call me anything you want. Just give me the keys. How did I start that? But anyway, here's my illustration. Uh, let's just say I was coming in to get a car, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to hardly get anything. And so I'm sitting down at a car dealership, the, the manager there, and I'm sitting here. And uh, I said, you know, I, I don't give, give me the, the, the opening base price of a car, you know, no electric windows i mean just give me the roll up uh the mechanical seat don't give me electrical seat the cloth seats uh just the bottom i mean uh if if it has air conditioning that's good and in comes a man and we're going to call him jesus jesus walks in and goes uh no 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 you go ahead and give him electric windows and you give him leather seats and Matter of fact, um, I want you to give the top of the car that you have. And not only that, I want you to give him a bumper-to-bumper lifetime warranty, as long as he has the car. Anything that ever needs done to this car, I'm going to take care of it. If it even has brakes that wear out, I'm going to take care of the brakes, tires, oil changes matter of fact I'm going to kick it up a notch and and even the gas he'll never have to spend one penny on this car including gas would that would that be a a deal that interested you that would be a deal of a lifetime especially if it was like a Lamborghini and not a Volkswagen now some of you you people may not be excited about that but I mean 
if that was a Lamborghini, I, I, I may get up and run around the table a few times. And There's certain things, exci- Melody would not. She'd just sit there and go, really? You know, but um, cars excite me. But anyway, uh, <coughs> the thing is, listen to me now. Jesus is the one covering the deal. He's given me, he's going to put the title in my name. But who is responsible for making sure all of that comes to pass? Jesus. It's going to be a contract between the owner, car dealership, and Jesus. Are you following me? Jesus is going to make sure when I bring the car in that his credit card is on file and it's going to be taken care of. Jesus is one financially responsible. He's accountable for anything and everything that happens. His name is going to be signed on the contract. Are you following me? I feel like the Lord gave me that illustration because he said that's the kind of deal I've set up with, with the people. You know, when I got born again, I heard the pastor preach when I was seven years old about hell and about burning forever. And at age seven, I didn't know too much about God, but I did know one thing. I don't like fire, and I don't want to live there forever. So when he gave the invitation, I ran up front, and I said, I want to make sure I don't go to hell. So whatever it takes, whatever I need to do, uh, sign me up for that. At age seven, I remember in Louisville, Kentucky. And so uh, I got born again at age seven. And that was the whole deal about God, that I was forgiven and I get to go to heaven and not hell. It's a pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. Then after years and years, I'm still finding out in 2017, the contract that God made with Jesus, with Jesus, so that I could be in a deal of a lifetime. And just like Jesus saying, you know what, um, I'm going to take care of everything from bumper to bumper. I'm finding out, finding out what God has done for me in this deal of a lifetime. We've been talking about covenants. And the covenant that God was on one side in the Old Testament and the children of Israel (coughs) were on the other side. The problem is they can never keep up their deal of the bargain. Children of Israel kept messing up. They couldn't fulfill, you know. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Well, they would go off and have idols, and they didn't love God with all their heart. They didn't love God with their big right toe, much less their heart. (laughs) So they kept not fulfilling their part of the bargain. So here comes God in the New Testament, with the new covenant. The problem is at the very beginning, the first Adam, after he sinned, everything came forth out of sin. So God says, I'm going to have to have a second Adam. The second Adam is Jesus. So he gave a baby, which we're celebrating every year. 
But it wasn't just a baby lying in a manger. He took Jesus and poured himself into this baby so that he would be the second Adam. So the second Adam was born in a manger from a human woman with the seed of Almighty God, though. It didn't come from the seed of a man. The seed came from Almighty God himself so that the bloodline came from God the Father and he had blood of Almighty God. And so God is setting it up to where he's going to have a covenant. He's going to be on one side and he knew he had to have the covenant with man, but he knew all of us men, women, all of us could not upkeep the covenant. So he says, I'm going to bypass regular men and women. So he says, I'm going to be on one side of the covenant, and the man that is born in the manger, Jesus, is going to be the one who I make a covenant with. I don't know about you, but God, you know, people talk about the devil being sneaky. There is... You know, those Jehovah Rapha, there's Jehovah Kenesi, but there is also Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> I think God, some of you didn't even get that, but anyway, I think God is just the sneaky of all sneakies. <coughs> He's going to make a covenant with all, where all of the promises of God are yes and amen to all of us, and they're not based upon us at all. They're based upon a covenant that he says, I'm going to be on one side. Jesus is going to be on the other side. And we're going to cut the covenant with a sacrifice. And man's not even going to have anything to do with the sacrifice. Jesus is going to be the sacrifice. So we have God on this side. We have the sacrifice as God. And then we have God as Jesus. And you and I are not even part of the equation. We're not even part of the equation. That's good news because that means I can't mess it up. The children of Israel kept messing it up. Everybody kept messing it up. And so now, you know, the world, the church world still thinks they can mess it up. You can't mess up a covenant that you're not anything to do with. It's just like me sitting at the negotiating table, and uh, Jesus says, uh, bumper to bumper, does that sound good to you? Yeah. Lifetime gas? Yeah. Free tires, any maintenance? Yeah. I'm taking care of everything. Is that all right? Yeah. And so Jesus signs the contract. The dealership puts the car in my name. In my name, but I'm not responsible for any fulfillment of that contract because Jesus is the one who's doing it all. Now, what God has done, he says that I'm going to make a contract that's going to be the great, greatest deal of a lifetime. And it's not just going to be an escape from hell or get out of hell free card. You know, I, I thought that's all I got when I got born again is get out of hell free which that would have been good you know not having to go to hell is a good deal but the greatest thing is 
I am discovering and finding out the benefits package that I've been sitting at the negotiating table and discovering. Now, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, there were types and shadows that pointed to Jesus. Every book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation has Jesus in it, every single book. So when you're reading the Bible, look for Jesus. But every book has that. And so the types and shadows are so astounding. Like, uh, this is a great one for this time of the year. All the Passover lambs, every single Passover lamb was born in Bethlehem. They didn't want smelly livestock. Nothing bad about smelly livestock if you go east of Pueblo, but you know. I don't particularly want to live nearer livestock and the children of Israel thought the same thing so they didn't have livestock of the Passover lambs in Jerusalem they put them all around Bethlehem so every single Passover lamb every single one was born in Bethlehem what a coincidence Jesus the Messiah was prophesied 400 years before he was born that he would be born in Bethlehem. So every shepherd, every single shepherd saw every single Passover lamb born. So the angels went to the shepherds 2,000 years ago and told them the good news. Hey, guys, there's a Passover lamb being born tonight in the city of Bethlehem. It's not just coincidental. It's all been set up. It's been a package deal. And so 2,000 years ago, God sets it up, a covenant of all covenants. On one side, he says, I'm going to uphold my part of the deal And on the other side of the sacrifice, Jesus is going to uphold his part of the deal. In all of the old covenant, though, there's something extremely different that did not happen to the Passover lambs that did happen to Jesus. (coughs) The Passover lamb just got its, we're going to go PG-13 on you right here. It got its throat slit shed the blood and that blood was shed for the forgiveness of sin now if Jesus do you realize all of our sins could be forgiven if they just did the same thing to Jesus he shed his blood they slit his throat do you realize all of our sins would be forgiven just from that but that's not what had happened What happened to Jesus is, first of all, he was beaten. They took a cat of nine tails and literally took every piece of flesh off of his body. The Bible says in Psalms that his bones stared at him. They hung him on a cross naked so that he would be in shame. 
He was naked to bear shame. They ridiculed him. They made fun of him. They plucked his beard out. They did all of that. Well, you look in the, the types and the shadows in the old covenant. They didn't do that to the lamb. I mean, they didn't take the lamb and just pluck the fur off of it, or, or the wool, I should say. Pluck the wool off of it and get a cat of nine tails and just rip all the, the, the wool off of it and put a, a blanket over its head and beat it and say, who prophes- or prophesy, who's doing that to you? They didn't do that to the lambs. Why? I thought everything, that was a type and a shadow. That didn't happen. God wanted more than just the forgiveness of sins. Children of Israel, that's what they were looking toward. The blessings were based upon whether or not they could perform or not. If they did well, they got blessed. If they did not, they were not blessed. God says, I want man to be taken out of the equation, number one. And number two, I want him to receive a benefits package that is out of this world. You get a job after you know you got the job. One of the first questions people ask is, so, what kind of benefits do I get with this job? You know. When I worked for FedEx, our health, it's changed now, but our, my wife was a nurse. We had better health insurance at FedEx than she did as a nurse. FedEx owned its own insurance. They made their own insurance company. <laughs> so they charged real, I mean, it was like, I don't know. This was back in the day. It was like 10 or $20 a month or something ridiculous. Yeah, so when my, when my wife got this job in Broken Arrow in Tulsa, they said, if you can prove that your husband has good insurance, we'll quit paying your health insurance, and we'll pay you, I think she got like a $5 an hour raise. So she says, well, my husband's insurance better than ours. So she ended up making <coughs> a ton of money. She worked three days a week. I worked 50 million hours a week, and she made more money than I did. It was a wonderful thing. (laughs) But anyway, God says, I'm going to give you a benefits package that is out of this world. And for you to have this benefits package, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have Jesus to be whipped and beaten. As it says in Isaiah 53, he's going to have the chastisement of our peace is going to be upon him. And by his stripes, you are healed. He's going to take care of the health benefits package. He's going to take care of the prosperity package because he's going to become poor so that you might become rich. He's going to bear all the shame of the whole planet so that you can be shameless. He is going to be condemned and open not his mouth and receive all the condemnation so you you can be guilt-free. And that's a deal. You say, well, how, how did, why, how, what? Well, it explains it in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 12. <laughs> it says, for the priesthood being changed. So we went from an old priesthood in the old covenant to Jesus being our high priest. So when the priesthood changes, 
Of necessity, there's also a change of the law or the change of the covenant or the change of the rules. So whoever's in charge, whoever's the priesthood can say this is what the rules are. So God says, all right, in the old covenant, to get healed and get blessed and get everything, you had to perform up to the standard. In the new covenant, Jesus has purchased it and given everything that you need for life on this planet and even life in heaven. He's given and provided everything that you need. And that's going to be the new rules now. He's the one. It's not based upon you or me. What is, it is based upon is this, whether or not you're going to accept the deal and have the title put in your name. It's not my responsibility. I don't have to make sure that the deal is being upheld. Jesus is doing that for me. Jesus is making sure that everything's upheld. So what am I saying? So the covenant was between God and Jesus, just like the covenant was between Jesus and the dealership. Now, where you and I come in on the deal, the covenant's not even between you and me. See, I always used to think that. I used to think that the covenant was between God and myself. If we really think that, then we have a part to play in making sure the covenant's fulfilled. I do not, and neither do you. This will help you receive. The covenant's between God and Jesus. The one man, Jesus. Where you and I have a part to play is in Romans chapter 10 where it says when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just like I'm sitting at the, uh, the dealership and saying, the dealership goes, is that okay for Jesus? Do you agree for Jesus to take care of all of that? I go, let me think about it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think I'm okay with Jesus doing all of that for me. I'm really okay with him doing that. So where you and I come into play is, I believe what God and Jesus did, he did it for me, and I accept it and receive it. And when you do that, it's just like when Jesus is there, Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, it's not I that liveth, it is Christ in me. So what happens is Jesus is standing there, and when you accept that, you are stepping into Jesus. Boom. And you become one with him. That's why the Bible says, I'm heirs of God and joint heirs. Why does it say joint heirs? With Jesus. Jesus is the one who got it all. Now I become joint with him. So when it comes to healing, I'm a joint heir. He, he'd got that for me. You don't have to become good enough. You don't have to perform enough to get the healing. The three areas of life that the whole world would just, if the, if the world could have victory in these three areas, we would be singing glory to God in the highest, not just at Christmas time. We'd be singing it 365 days out of the year. Amen. Three areas. You know what they are? We all know what they are. Probably the number one is health and healing. If I could say, 
and promise you, you never have to be sick another day in your life. What, what, what if somebody could point their finger and say, you're never going to be sick another day in your life? Yeah, you'd just be, you know, I'm not much of a Kentucky dancer, but that will make you dance. And number two, you'll never want for anything. All of your needs will be met from now on for the rest of your life. Boom. That would be number two, wouldn't it? And then number three, doesn't matter how healthy you are or how prosperous you are. I mean, if you're, all of your relationships are hell on earth, it really doesn't matter. But if I had health and every need met, and then the third, and if my relationships were like, just heaven on earth. Now, we would be talking a victorious life. Would you be talking victorious life? I mean, it doesn't matter what happens then. I said, it doesn't matter what happens then. I mean, somebody says, well, you're going to lose your job. All my needs are met. <laughs> doesn't matter. You know, they say the, uh, the Piccadilly swine flu is coming out this year. Doesn't matter to me. No matter what sickness is coming down the pipe. Those three areas. And remarkably, the Bible says that God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, provided all three of those. But for whatever reason, the church as far as health-wise, is really no different from the world, the first Adam. Financially, the church is no different, at least in the past, been no different from the world. In relationship-wise, the divorce rate in the church is the same as the world. So obviously, we're missing it somewhere. I said, obviously, we're missing it. So I've been meditating upon this. And I know there has been a great exchange. There has. I mean, I I could stand up and fight with anybody if they said that God doesn't provide healing anymore. I wouldn't fight you, but there's no way you can convince me of that. There's no way you can convince me that God doesn't provide all of our need. Have I struggled in those areas? Oh, yeah. But I will say this. I'm learning. I probably learned more this year than I've had in 15 years combined. And it's not, not anything special to me. It's just like, Maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that's why you should always stay teachable. You better stay teachable. If you're 90 years old, still be teachable. All right. If you're 16, stay teachable. But I've known that our brains have been wired to be like the world. We're taught in our education system 
were taught by continual advertisements. I mean, you know, it's flu season. Who, who, who made it flu season? But guess what? The world, including the church, knows that it's flu season. You better get your flu shot. Well, you, I'm not against flu shots, but I'm just saying it's flu season. You know, we say things like, oh, I'm trying to catch a cold. Do you realize what you just said? <laughs> Do you realize that you are trying to get sick? That, you're trying. You're really working on it. I'm, what's going on with you? I'm trying to catch a cold. I mean, why don't we try to dodge it? I'm, that sounds a little bit. We think that, but we're programmed. We're wired. We are wired like that. We're wired to get sick. We are wired to struggle financially. Oh, we don't hardly watch any live TV anymore. But if you ever do, I mean, you know, and and of course I don't watch the Broncos anymore either. But anyway, because of that, I'm kidding. No, not really. But, um, uh, (laughs) But when you watch, when you watch television, they're, the majority, you think, why are they advertising this type of drug? They advertise drugs left and right now. Do you have this problem? You know, you go ask your doctor for that. And I, so listen, listen, we're getting our brains so overwhelmed by all this stuff that you and I need to start speaking up. When you hear something like, it's flu season, make sure you get your flu, you go, it's not for me. You know, if they advertise, you know, now that you're getting older than 50, you probably need to take this drug to help your memory. Not for me. Listen, society has brainwashed us to think that once you get older than 50, your memory starts to decay. And the majority of the world believes it. Including the church. And we make funny remarks about it. You know, when you turn 40, you have black balloons. If you do that, I'm not trying to put you down. But if you do that for me, I'm popping every one of them. Listen, if you're going to renew your mind to that, it's going to be manifested in your life. So you have to start renewing. Jesus has given this package. He's been on one side of the covenant. Jesus is on the other side. And he says, this is what I've done for you. Just like I'm sitting here with Jesus. He's giving me free gas and everything else. But you know, I can sit here and go, man, thank you. I can get in my Lamborghini and I can go in the loafing jug and pull out my credit card and fill it up myself. Jesus is not going to stop me. I can pay for it. I can go to big old tires and put on a new set of tires. If they sell Lamborghini tires there, I don't know, but <laughs> probably doubt it. But if you could, I mean, they're not going to be $200 a piece. But I could do that. Jesus would let me. Listen to me. Everything that Jesus has provided for you and me, you can get, try to get that on your own and leave him out of the deal, and he will allow that. 
I don't know about you, but in 2018, I'm going to be determined that this mind is going to be so renewed. It's going to get so renewed that when it comes to those three areas, Satan, there will not be one crack in my life for a cold to come on me, for the flu to come on me, for any sickness to come up on me. There won't be a crack in my life for any financial situation to come on me to take me under. My relationships are going to be, I mean, I thought I have a pretty good marriage now. 2019 comes out, my wife, I'm just going to have to probably knock her off me all the time. She's not here. Oh, good. She's not in here. <laughs> Listen to me now. The only way that's going to be happening is, first of all, you have to know the heart of the king towards you, how much he loves you if you're going to advance in this kingdom that's already been provided for you. If you don't know that God, how much God loves you, if you don't know that he's the one who did this deal of a lifetime. Now that's the, the first thing. And the second thing is, once you start going down this road, are you ready for this one now? Satan's gonna try to take that word out of you. He will, he's not gonna go, oh wow. Jesus is sitting at the table, but also the devil. He's sitting at the table as well. He's going to go, free gas for, the, for, for your life? Free maintenance? You don't have to do any? Yep. So we're sitting at the spiritual table. By his stripes, you're healed. You, you, you never have to get sick again? No. You think he's okay with that? So what happens is he's going to do his best to try to take health away from you. You already possess it. Let me ask you this. Where is healing at today? Is it in heaven? It's in you. All prosperity, all healing is inside of you and me today. We are trying to get it out here while all along it is in here. Everything that God has given to us, he gave to us and put it on the inside of you and me. So when the devil is trying to take it out of you, and most of us give in pretty easy. I mean, we start, oh. Oh. It doesn't take too much of a, most of the time he just walks by and we fall over. It's not even a good swing. We just, boom. This was an old, old tape. I think Andrew Womack, he must have been like in his early 20s. You could tell he was a kid when he was talking. And uh, he said that he was getting this revelation of healing. <coughs> and he sat there and he said, he preached about, started preaching healing. He said he preached for three weeks. He had a cold. And he was preaching, you know, in Bible studies and stuff like every day. And he had a cold for three weeks. And he would say, excuse me, take out his handkerchief, blow his nose and say, by his strength. And he'd start preaching. <laughs> and he'd sit there and he said, the devil, he says, I was determined 
not to give up and go by what I was feeling. You've heard that, but we haven't heard that. By his stripes, that was the package deal for us to walk in healing. So there comes a time that when the devil is going to come and fight you for that. So I don't know about you, but I have put a stake in the ground. I'm healed. I don't care if you see snot coming out of my ears. I am healed. I don't care if there's diarrhea coming out of the backside. I am healed. And I can get really gross on you, but I, what I'm saying is this, that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Do you understand that? I'm not going by what I feel. I'm not going by what I see. I'm going by what the word of God has done for me in the covenant that has been provided for me that I have become one with. I am the healed of the Lord. Andrew sat there, he sat there and he said, uh, he, he didn't let his kids, you know, he didn't... Uh, it might, it, this would be hard for me, but he didn't let his kids even act sick. He said one of his kids was throwing up, and uh, he didn't tell him to go to bed. You know, most of his parents go, oh, you need to rest. You need to do that. Because that's what we want people to do for us. You know, you need to go to bed. Yeah, yes, I do. You need to take off from work. Yes, I do. But what are we doing when we do that? I'm not trying to be hard on you. I'm trying to help us all. Does everybody understand me? I'm trying to help us all. I'm not trying to, you know. But listen, we have to get, we got to get mean when it comes about sickness. We can't pet this thing like, oh, I'm just not feeling good, so I'm going to go lay down. Is that really what you want? Is that really what you want? Now, Andrew sit there and he said, Again, this is when he was, I think, in his 20s. He sat there and he said, he got the flu and it came on him so quick. He woke up in the morning and he couldn't stand up. <coughs> couldn't even stand up. He was so weak. So he says, I'm not going to lay in bed. I'm not going to lay in bed. So he got on all fours. He couldn't even have the energy to stand up. He got on all fours and started crawling on all fours. And this was, you know, well, I don't even think he used the electronic Bible now. So he got his Bible out, and he found the scriptures on healing. And he started pushing the Bible with his nose and crawling on the floor. And then he would get up, I mean, raise his head up and read that healing scripture. And he'd turn it, and he'd push the Bible. He did that for four hours just to let the devil know, I don't care what you think or what I'm feeling, I'm healed four hours would you fight something like that for four hours most of us fight it for four minutes and go honey take me to the doctor give me drugs what kind I don't care even if it's the you know the, the cross place you know just give me something I'm having fun all right <laughs> So for four hours, at the end of four hours, he said everything totally was gone. He got up, 
went on his way. That's a lot better than going four weeks or four days. What is my point? There will come a time when you're going to have to stand. Once the devil knows that, you know what, he's determined. You know what, now, it doesn't take him hours at all. When things come again, Brother Hagin used to say this too. He says, I've given up marvelous opportunities for sickness to stay on me. What is he saying? He said, at the, at the initial thing where you're sticking your stake in the ground, there's a fight. But after that, it just becomes a way of life. Both of those men and many other men, many others, have they never took medication for 40, 50, 60 years, or they're like not even an aspirin. Brother Hagen didn't even take an aspirin for 60 years of his life. That's pretty good. Oh, what, you imagine you're going to go get a physical? Okay, what medication you're on? None. What medication have you taken? None. Uh, for the last 20 years, none. 40? None. 50? None. 60? None. If you don't think it's possible, it won't be for you. But there's a covenant that's been made at the table. There's been a covenant that has been made at the table. It's whether or not you really want to say that's for me. If you want just forgiveness of sin, you will be in heaven no matter what. Probably a lot quicker than you should be. We have been inundated with all kinds of negative mindset. Losing your memory being weak, do you realize Moses under the old covenant was 120 years old? His, the Bible says, one translation says, he was not weak at all in his body, neither was his eyesight dim. He was 120 and had 20-20 vision. Of course, you know, when you get older than 40, you know, you need to be able to, it's just part of life, Pastor. If you wear glasses, I'm not trying to, I'm just saying most people accept things because that's the way we believe that it's supposed to be. But we have taken that out of the equation of the covenant that God made with Jesus. Do you truly believe that it's possible to never get sick? Do you truly believe that it's possible never to be poor? Do you truly believe that your relationships between, you know, and I'm not talking about relationships that, you know, you work relationships. I'm talking about relationships that you are in one with, your spouse, your children, you know. Most of us pray a 30-second prayer, Lord, just, just help my wife to, or my husband just to treat, be nicer and kinder. And then when they walk in and they're rude, you go, oh, well, I guess that didn't work. <laughs> instead of, instead of, after they leave the room going, Lord, I just thank you that you heard me when I prayed and that I have the sweetest spouse. I don't care what the devil says or he's trying to show me. I am so blessed in my relationships. You may have to do that a hundred times in one day. 
the same way you have to do that a hundred times when it comes to your physical health and healing. Are we going to be determined to renew this thing? So I challenge you. I'm challenging you to start thinking. I don't know about you, but I have to remind myself. I use my phone. I remind myself. I put sticky notes. I remind myself. My alarm goes off. I need to think differently. All of us in here, we think so many rabbit trails, but I can guarantee you the majority of them are always going to lead you to a negative path. So we have to change that. So in 2018, we're going to... By his stripes, I'm always healed. I am healed. I am healed. And when I speak, I have authority. Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19. One of my favorite scriptures. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. That means... I have to believe when words come out of my mouth that they're not Mike Davis's words, but they are the words of Almighty God. I'm going to close with this. Just I have to do this so I can keep the first service and second service in the same path. Because I'll forget. Did I say that in a second? Let me close real quick. Oh, my goodness. To be the bride of Christ, we're the bride of Christ. To be the bride of Christ... God had to come down <coughs> and elevate us up to be equal with Christ. Same response in the first service. Because most people think, I'm not for sure if that's close to blasphemy, but woo. Listen to me again. For us to be the bride of Christ... God had to bring us up to be equal with Christ. Don't get stupid on me. You're not God. You're not. But you are equal to a divine nature that he has placed within you, which means you are higher than what any man could ever possibly be, not even close. When people say, you know, there used to be a good Christian wasn't good. Used to be a, a horrible, I think it was country Christian song that said, I'm only human. I don't know who. But you know what? That's what most Christians think. But we're just human. We're not human. If you're in covenant with him, I mean, if you stepped into the covenant, you're not human anymore. Which means when you start thinking that way, it's easy to make sure sickness gets pushed way below you. It's easy to make sure poverty's below you. But if you just think you're human, man, it's going to be hard work. <laughs> it's hard work to defeat stuff that's, you know, sickness is bigger than just flesh and immunity system. I'm not, I'm not relying upon my strong immunity system. I'm not relying upon even the nutrition that I'm trying to grab hold of. Should you eat good? Absolutely. But I'm not relying on nutrition to make sure I stay healthy. 
I'm relying upon the word of God to make sure I stay healthy. That's much higher than anything, man. Are you hearing me? Let's start believing this and thinking this way and that I, I better read a scripture about, because I don't want you to think, you sit there and you said that we're equal. Yeah, Colossians 2.9, it says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God. So Christ has all the fullness of God in him. Verse 10, so you also are complete through your union with Christ. All right, let's connect the dots. All the fullness of God is in Christ. You got that? And he says, you are complete in your union with Christ. In other words, when I got born again, you and I got born again, we stepped into Jesus and we became one with him. We are complete with our union with Christ. The first point, all the fullness of God is in Christ, which would mean all of the healing, all of the prosperity, all of the joy, all the goodness, all of the promises which are yes or amen are in Christ. I have been in union with Christ, therefore I am equal. That's not my opinion. I know most religious people will go, this is that we should leave, honey. We're just, that's why the devil has tried to get the church to embrace. We're just sinners saved by grace. Well, what sinner can you, what does a sinner expect? Nothing. What is some rough looking, you know, heathen, but he's saved. He's going, what are they going to expect anything good? Nothing. But if you start thinking, ooh, God has raised me up seated me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That sounds a lot like what pastor said, that he has brought me up to be equal. There, when you start have a revelation that I have got something in me called Jesus, that I have been made one, that I'm equal with him now, and sickness starts knocking on your door, you go, excuse me? No fever is allowed here. This is the temple of God I've read that before but do you, do you really believe that no I mean you know I sprained my ankle the other day how can I be the temple of God you can sprain it and then if you believed in the power of your words you could speak to it if a fig tree will listen to the words of God I'm pretty sure an ankle would listen to the words of God let's stand